What's going on, everyone? Welcome into First Take. Thank you for being with us. I'm Molly Karam. That is Stephen A. Smith. Hello, hello, hello. We got Kendrick Perkins and Brian Winhorse gracing your screen as well. Morning, fellas. Good morning. What's going on, Molly? What's up, SA? What's up, y'all? What's up, Wendy? How y'all doing? Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's go. It's Friday <laughs> Eve, Perk. It's Friday okay. Eve. Friday Let's Eve. get the energy right, okay? Uh, the theme of the night in the NBA last night, it was homecomings, folks. Kevin Durant and the Suns were in Brooklyn facing his former team, the Nets, where Phoenix took care of business in a 16-point win. Another day in the office for KD, dropping 33-5-8. Meanwhile, Damian Lillard made his much-anticipated return to Portland, but the Bucks got the short end of the stick, falling to the Trailblazers by three despite Dame putting up 25, 6, and 7. Here's Dame on his return to the city he spent his entire career. I just felt appreciated, you know. Um, I think that's what it comes down to. You just feel the appreciation and the love, um, you know, and I just kind of stood in it. It was like, man, this is uh, this is a big deal, you know. Um, you know, just to take that moment and to – to have everybody in the building just show me that type of love. It's an um, acknowledgement of a lot of things, you know, during my time here. So I appreciated it. Um, and that was it. All right. Perk, more likely to win the title this season. Would you go Lillard or Durant? My, my honest answer is neither. But since I have to pick between the two, I'm going with Lillard in the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's the thing about the Phoenix Suns, okay? I understand they had a, a, a win last night against a Brooklyn Nets team that's completely filled with role players, okay? But when it comes down to the Suns, you look at them and they have identity crisis. Nurkic don't show up every night. He doesn't anchor the defense like you want him to. And I'm looking at the Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill right now, his body language, because he's not involved with the offense. When I think about this big three, they're top heavy for a reason. And in order for them to win a title, Bradley Bill is going to have to be more involved with this offense and more involved with the system. Now, on the other hand, you look at the Eastern Conference with the uncertainty of Joel and B and his health status. I believe that the Milwaukee Bucks now could be has the upper hand over the 76ers. Right, Boston is clearly the better team, but it slims down. The, the teams that are in the East for them to compete against. I have the Knicks ahead of them, but they still could beat the Knicks in the seven-game series. So I have to get a slight edge to Dame Dollar in the Milwaukee Bucks when it comes down to who's most likely to win the title. Yeah, the answer is Dame because he's got Giannis. I mean, everything that Perk said is true as he's looking at the two sides. Um, and even though the Bucks are not playing very well, and now their lead on the Knicks for that two seed is down to a single game, and they're still out on the West Coast, it's going to be a rough go for them. They By the end of the weekend, they could lose that lead. The Bucks have been great at home, and they have Giannis. Um, the fascinating thing about what's going on with the Suns, first off, I don't think the Suns' best chance to win the title is going to be this year. I think it'll be next year when they have a chance to get some, some time under their belt and a chance to work on this roster. But the, the interesting thing about this, you could almost, Molly, you could almost write a book about what's happened to Kevin Durant in his career with rule changes. And the rule changes in this CBA, which came in just a, really a few weeks after he was traded to the Suns,
Suns have really handicapped this team. They've, there are all these rules that were put in that were being negotiated that they didn't know were going to be in place when they did that deal that is aimed at restricting super teams. And now the Suns have very little maneuverability to improve this team either at the deadline next week or next summer. And so really all the, their only chance to, to get there is for these three guys, Beal, Booker, and Durant, to become a, a powerhouse together, and they don't have the reps to do it. And it's fascinating because this is the third time in Durant's career where rule changes that he wasn't involved with have had a huge effect on him. When he was at Oklahoma City, they put in the luxury tax. He got a phone call one day and said, hey, KD, guess what? You're making $3 million more this year. I hope you enjoy it. One of the strangest things that's happened in the NBA in the last 15 years, they increased his salary uh, as part of the negotiation. The, the, the Thunder were over, over their spending limits, and they had to trade James Harden. Then in 2016, famously, the cap spike, where the union decided not to phase in the new TV money, and all of a sudden, Durant was able to go to a 73-win team. He obviously benefited from that. So while we count rings and analyze stuff and say who's going to win the next one, I'm here to tell you that the, the rule changes have been just as big on Durant's career as anything else. I'm going to go in the opposite direction, fellas, and here's the reason why. It's by default. I know that both of y'all are right. None of us have either of them winning the championship this year. We get all of that. And, and KP, you're absolutely right. We've got to pick amongst one of the teams. Uh, we're not saying that either one of these guys are going to win the championship. And when you talk about the best chance, I'm going to roll with the Phoenix Suns in this particular situation. And it's by default because the Milwaukee Bucks look awful. It's just that simple. Last night they lost to a 15-33 and 33 team. Let's just call it what it is. Um, and even though Doc Rivers has just gotten there, and I have no doubt that he's going to improve the team defensively, they just don't seem to have that level of synergy. Let's, let's go away from Giannis and Dane for a second and look at Chris Middleton and where he's going to be and how he has looked. Look at Brooke Lopez and how he has looked. Look at Bobby Portis compared to how he's looked in the past compared to how he's looking right now. Look at the absence of Grayson Allen, obviously. Look at the absence of Drew Holiday. And I think that when you look at the Eastern Conference, like you said, KP, uh, before, the New York Knicks have elevated. I think that Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers are just prioritizing making sure that this brother's going to be healthy for the playoffs. And I believe in Maxi because you don't have the hard and distraction that's going to, go, that's going to come into the mix for the Philadelphia 76ers. I think their energy will be there. I think their focus will be there. I think the coaching of Nick Nurse would help. They've increased in pace of play in terms of speeding up and what they could do. I think that they are impediments to the success of the Milwaukee Bucks based on how the Milwaukee Bucks we expected them to look compared to how they're looking right now. Let me go to the Western Conference and tell you why I'm looking at the Phoenix Suns. Maybe it's not really just about basketball. It's about me looking into the camera and saying, you damn well better be a title contender. You damn well better step it up. What the hell y'all think this is? You know that you're limited as an organization because of the assets that you ultimately gave away, whether it be in players and picks or what have you. You've got Kevin Durant, who post 35 years of age, is averaging 28 a game. Third leading scorer in the league. Busting everybody's you live in know what. We've got a guy in Devin Booker that can drop 21 nights, 70 the next. 40 or 50 the next. 62 the next. This brother is something special. And then we got a guy in Bradley Beal that you just pointed out, KP. 
that looks a bit disoriented, not necessarily involved, but they've elevated in terms of offensive efficiency over the last few weeks. They're one of the top offensively efficient teams in the NBA. They're a top 10 team. I think they'll figure it out as time goes along. We're usually worried about a Frank Vogel team offensively. We know what he can do defensively if you give him time to do it. So the level of faith that you have in that fact that they'll elevate defensively combined with a big three that they have offensively. Nurkic, although he shows up once every three or four games, damn it, we know he's capable of showing up. I'm just of the mindset, even though I'm looking at Oklahoma City and Minnesota and Denver and the Los Angeles Clippers, I'm looking at all of those things. We all know that if you have a big three on the offensive side of the ball and they show up that they have the potential to knock off anybody again I'm not saying they're going to win the championship we're all on the same page but in terms of the direct question is who I'm giving the better chance to meaning Milwaukee in the east or Phoenix in the west based on what I'm seeing and what I have seen thus far I would give Phoenix a better chance because of their offensive firepower compared to Milwaukee's flagrant defensive efficiencies and the fact that they look disoriented offensively. Well, 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 look, let me say this. First of all, the Phoenix Suns, they're 3-9 and nine in the Western Conference against teams that have a 500 record or better. Okay. Second of all, second of all, they have to find that balance in their offense. If you go back and look at when Devin Booker dropped, I believe, 44, and then he dropped 62, both of those games, the Phoenix Suns took L's. They took L's. So that's how important it has to be when it comes down to having that balance attack and making sure that Bradley Bill is put into that offensive system. Okay? Right now, one could say that Grayson Allen is the third best player on their team the way this season has been going. Now, on the other side, you could cancel the, you could cancel the 76ers. Okay? You could cancel this. I said this last night on the countdown. If, if I'm the 76ers, I'm shutting Joel Embiid down. He's not going to be healthy in the postseason. Things are only going to get worse for him for his injuries with, with his knees. Ramona Shelburne said yesterday that you can write a story on each one or write a book on each one of his knees. Like the the games before the Golden State Warriors, the game before the, the before he got hurt against the Golden State Warriors, do you realize SA that he couldn't jump in in pregame when he went to go test his knee out? That is a major concern. So the 76ers, I I I hate to say it, but they're out of the picture. So the only team that you the only two teams that you're staring down the barrel at is the Knicks and the Celtics in the East. So the thing about it is, Stephen A., if, if, the, if the Suns and the Bucks made the finals, I would agree with you. I would say the Suns would maybe beat them. But I don't think – I think the Suns – the, the barrier is much higher because of the difficulty in the West. And I just – I've been around the Suns, and while their, their intentions are very good and they do want to work together, the, the lack of reps with these three guys, it shows up all the time. And I just don't think that they're going to get there by the time it matters. Well, I guess what I'm asking y'all, I shouldn't say asking y'all, what I'm saying is this. We're anticipating, I mean, you've got, you, you, you've got 30 plus games to go in the season. I'm anticipating that there's going to be a level of continuity that elevates. I mean, I understand they've only played 17 games together. They're 11 and 6 with their big three in the lineup right now. They're eighth in offensive def- efficiency right now in the, in, the, in the league. And on top of it all, over the last 11 games in which they've won nine, they've been third offensive 
defensively. So one could literally legitimately make the argument that they're getting it together. They're not there yet. We know this. But when you take into account, and, I, and, and let me see KP and, and, and Wendy when I ask this question, and it's just a simple nod or a yes or a no. I understand Denver. We got to wonder about James Harden, which you said on numerous occasions, Big Perk, right? We're looking at OKC and Minnesota, and regardless of their talent, we have to take into account youth. In Phoenix, not only do we have a big three who can score on anybody, Devin Book has been around for a while, and Kevin Durant one of the most prolific scorers in the history of the game and a two-time champion and a two-time NBA Finals MVP is on their squad as well. So when I'm looking at youth, I'm saying uh, going up against them, assuming they'll be on the court together for the duration of the second half of the season, I'm relying on their experience and the leadership of veterans who are this scoring machine to go up against a bunch of young bloods and a bunch of young thoroughbreds come postseason time? And I'm saying to myself, yo, I'm going to give them a chance. I'm going to give them a chance to believe that they can pull it off. Better than Milwaukee is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll leave it there. Bucks currently second in the East. The Suns are sixth in the West. Those two fine gentlemen will be back in just a bit. But I got some NFL to get into, and yeah. I need uh, Bart Scott and Kimberly A. Martin. Yeah, come on out, folks. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. After a choke job in the playoffs, Jerry Jones continuing to apply pressure on Dak Prescott and the Cowboys saying he's going all in. Keep in mind, could be a make or break year as Dak is just one year left on his deal. Jerry, always making news. Dak has done nothing to change my mind on any 
uh, promise for the future. I think I said in the deal that we'd go as far as Dak takes us right. in the playoffs. Remember that? Right. We'd go as far as Dak takes us. Right. And that's how far we went. Oh, right. So okay. So my point is that doesn't change a thing. Okay. We'll go as far as Dak takes us. Okay. Applying pressure to Dakota. <laughs> Bart and Kimberly here. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, hello, hello. You all warmed up off yeah. the get upset. Oh, man. Oh, all right. I want to start with you, Bart. <laughs> Do you feel like Dak's being treated unfairly in Dallas? I don't think unfairly. I think too much is given, much is required. But, you know, Jerry Jones is starting the opening round of negotiations when you talk about, you know, the subtle nuance. You know, he's catching little strays going on there when you talk about, we'll go as, I told you we'll go as far as Dak takes us. And you saw how far we got. Well, that's not good enough, right? So you talk about, you know, last year when Lamar Jackson, you know, was out there that could be had for two first-round draft picks. It's not that Baltimore didn't want him. It's that it's a negotiation. And negotiation is always uncomfortable. Because at the end of the day, yes, Dak can throw up a great resume, right, when you talk about regular season. But you get paid that type of money to be a game-changer when the moment matters, right? And unfortunately, too many other quarterbacks during Dak's time has had their moments and he hasn't had theirs, right? So you have to have real conversations and Dak has all the cards, right? Because he has no trade clause. He has the high cap number. They have to get something done. And when Dak made this deal two years ago, he understood that it was a four-year deal that was pretty much a two-year prove-it deal. Now, has he proven enough? I mean, he's won 12 games every, every year. And, you know, they have to ask themselves, is this as far as we can go with Dak? But this is the opening rounds of negotiation. You know, so I'll throw one in the, in the, in the points, uh, point department of Jerry Jones. He's a savvy businessman. He's opening up negotiations. And we're going to see where it goes. But ultimately, uh, Dak has all the leverage. We had a good time on Get Up, but I'm going to disagree with you on this. I'm going to say, yes, Dak is treated unfairly. But to me, it's, it's untreated fairly by the people in his own building. He's not ex absolved or exempt from criticism. That's not my issue. Um, you brought up, Bart, you brought up the subtle shots that when you, we talked about this, when you listen to Jerry Jones, it's like, wait a minute, was he complimenting him or taking a dig? Like, was he taking a shot at him? Yeah. We talk about, we've talked ad nauseum about the comments by family members um, of, of Dallas Cowboy teammates. But you also talked about falling short of expectations, Bart. When I think about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, to me they all fell short of expectations. Uh -huh. But how they are regarded in their own buildings is completely different than how Dak is treated. There is no doubt, year after year we say Josh Allen, super talented. And for the last four years, the Bills have fallen short. Josh Allen has failed to meet the Super Bowl expectations that, that we think he's more than capable of. In that building in Buffalo, they say we ride with JA-17, no doubt. In, in Philly, this was a disappointing season. There are no questions about Jalen. And Lamar Jackson, that was such an embarrassing playoff loss. But they say, you know, we feel bad for, for Lamar. We wanted this for him. In Dallas, it is a different vibe. Dak should be criticized by a lot of people on the outside, but internally you got to stick up for your guy. And it, it begs the question, do they think he's their guy? Do they want him as their guy? And to me, that is the bigger issue here. You know, <clears throat> I disagree with you. We First know. First of all, let me get out. And I'm very serious. I'm not trolling the Cowboys here or whatever because, you know, I've, hear, I've heard a lot of people speak about 
fair and unfairness and all of this other stuff. No, you don't throw your teammates under the bus. No, you don't publicize your level of discontent with them in specificity, getting into details. But damn it, if you ain't happy with somebody, you ain't happy with somebody. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? We've all had that experiences in, the, in our careers. I know I have. I ain't apologizing for that to a damn soul. <laughs> I meant what I meant. I said what I said throughout the years. I stand by it, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you go into details and excoriate somebody and throw them under the bus, but it does mean that you don't sit around in public view with this George Foreman smile on your face like you've made hundreds of millions of dollars selling those grills. No, if you're not happy, you're not happy because it's about production. Now, we got to look at Dak Prescott, and we got to call it for what it is, okay? The reality of the situation with Dak Prescott is this, ladies and gentlemen. He hasn't stepped up and gotten it done. Right. And, the, and the Dallas Cowboys, I don't care if you are a fan. I don't care if you are the owner. I don't care if you are the GM who happens to be the owner. I don't care if you're the coach. I don't care if you're teammates. At some point in time, I got to look at you. Yes, you went in 2022 from leading the league in interceptions to 2023 leading the league in touchdown passes. I get all of that. Yes, you've won about four division titles. You've averaged about a 10-6 and six record. During the regular season from September to through December, you're that dude. You definitely can compete with everybody. But we understand what America his team comes with. We understand the pressure and the obligations that come with it. Okay? I'm here at ESPN every single day. There, it's not hope. Right. It's not wishes. It's expectations. Right. So you got to deliver. Right. And if you don't deliver, yo, we're going to get somebody else who will. It's just that simple. We understand we walk up in here every single damn day with an expectation. Mm -hmm. We the worldwide leader. You saying you got get up, you got first take, you got McAfee in the house, you got Sports Center, you got PTI that's been really been number one. We number one in the morning. PTI mm -hmm. been number one for 20 years. Period. Tony Kornheiser's in his 70s. Michael Wilbon's in his 60s. There's an expectation. Yep. Every single damn day. They didn't sit up there and say, thank you. We so appreciate the job that you've done. <laughs> Could you continue to do it? No. They say, yo, you see this check we're giving you? Excuse right? me, it comes with expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Dak Prescott is two and five in the postseason. It is tied. For the worst quarterback record in the postseason in NFL history. With a minimum of five starts. Mm -hmm. Facts. At some point in time, you're in the midst of a $160 million deal. Last year of the deal, you count $59.4 million. Well, that's the cap hit. Yep. Assuming they do absolutely nothing. You looking for the bag, but what have you done to earn it? Do you know what comes with this? You got a billionaire owner. And we're going to sit up there and we're going to excoriate J Jerry Jones. And by the way, I can't wait. I'm going to pick up the phone and call him. I'm going, I'm going, I got to take Jerry Jones out to lunch and dinner. We got to talk. Yeah. Because I'm tired of all of this nonsense that he's saying and couching all of this stuff. The man hasn't gotten it done. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I want you gone. It doesn't mean that I want you to go elsewhere. But it does mean you know why I'm paying you, bro. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, we're looking at you smooth. Molly commenting about your outfit every week because she's dressing, she's a fashionista <laughs> herself and talking about how fly and how together you look. Everybody's applauding your character because you are mm -hmm. a wonderful human being and a role model. They're talking about your verbiage and how supportive you are and how class personified you are. Everything is there until the playoffs arrive. And then mm -hmm. this is what we see. Come up small. He, it, no, no. Look at this. Look at my hands. Yeah. Look at my hands. This is him. Yeah. That's how he looked against a team who's one of the youngest in the yes. NFL, against a quarterback yeah. who was playing in his very first NFL game. Mm -hmm. You did not lose 34-31. You were down 48-16. to The defense didn't just suck. You threw an interception early. Then you threw another pick six. Mm -hmm. Yo. 
Yeah. We got to stop pacifying this brother. So you got to produce. Are you saying it's more it's more mental than the talent? Yes. yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. Pre- you think the pressure got to him? Yes. You saw the look on his face. Yes. The announcers in the first quarter was like, hey, they, he, he, don't he don't look right. He had a look on his did face. You feel, but right. did you feel that way about Lamar Jackson as well? Yes. Because yes. Lamar, yes. 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 Lamar, listen, get, yes. Lamar get all Are there any too? two quarterbacks that took more criticism this season yes. than Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott and arguably – both delivered choke jobs. Very important point here. Lamar Jackson did that in the AFC Championship game. Right. Dak Prescott never got there. Did he balled rookie. out the week before. Mm-hmm. He balled out in a playoff game a few years ago before he got injured the last two years and he missed the postseason. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is Lamar Jackson may have messed up in the AFC Championship game, but we still saw him perform come playoff time. As the pressure mounts, Right. Dak Prescott gets more nervous. His own brother is talking about how I, I wish I could get him up out of here. Because you can't handle the pressure that comes with Big D. With Big D. Right. Not the NFL. I think if he was in another organization, I don't think this happens. But in Big D, at some point in time, yeah. bright lights affect people. Right. That's fair. But the question says, is he being untreated fairly? He's not being untreated unfairly. Hold on. Hold on. In doubt. I get that. I said that. I, I answered I that get, question. Let her finish her point. I get that. But when you talk about that defense didn't show up. No. But we still have teammates, parents, and, and siblings Ooh. talking about that. Nobody showed up in right. a way that they needed to. And all these people want to get paid. Yes, that got his money. Mm-hmm. So I, he, I, I'm not saying that he is exempt from criticism from the outside. We could talk about the glazed look on his face, how in the big moments right. he seems to wilter. But in your own building. But I can challenge you with the pushback on this. You have seen it because of your years of covering the mm-hmm. NFL where a team gets demoralized and all of a sudden they sink because they know their brother ain't going to step up. And I told you before this season, when I was at the Errol Spence Terrence yes. Crawford fight in, yes. in July, the whole Cowboys team was there to support Errol Spence. You said they probably jinxed him, but that's a different <laughs> subject for another day. The point is, they were all there, yeah. and they said, "Yo, they were all confident about themselves. They were hopeful about mm-hmm. him. That is not an accident. Yeah. We got to stop this." We got to stop this nonsense. Yeah. I yeah. love Dak Prescott. Seriously. I got to say one thing, though. He got to handle his business. Stephen A., what his owner did there is unfair. What? I disagree. There's I totally no disagree. need to call him out publicly. Did, you know what? I'm paying him $95 million. Why air out dirty if laundry? If I'm, if I'm, You're uh, supposed to be a family. I, I, you don't I, do people I, like that. You can say that, but guess what? We're not really a family when I'm the one cutting the check. We ain't paying family. I'm paying you $95 million. It's a business. Result. It's a business. I'm paying you. Your teammate, that's different. The owner, I'm paying you. Yo, bro, you ain't here out of but the kindness the of your heart. You collected $95 million over the last well, two years. clearly that tactic hasn't worked because you just said he was nervous and shaking. So clearly, maybe they need to find another strategy. Well, they didn't do it the years before. Up. He was nervous then. But this He's is the same owner out before. Who, gave, who allowed Mike McCarthy to come back. All Mike McCarthy said that. is... We, we have a championship culture here. I'm being told we had to go for that. like the last 10 minutes. In honor of Black History Month, First Take will be highlighting black legends in sports history. To kick it off, we got a trivia question. Who was the first black quarterback to start and win a Super Bowl? That answer after this quick break. Come on back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day, whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Super Bowl 57, Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. A moment of progress, generations in the making. For the first time ever, two black quarterbacks faced off in the biggest game of the NFL season. The historic 2023 matchup between Mahomes and Hurts arrived exactly 35 years after Doug Williams became the first ever black signal caller to start and win a Super Bowl in 1988. The evolution of black quarterbacks continued this past NFL season when the Baltimore Ravens became the first team in league history with an all-black quarterback room. Legendary stuff right there. To the NBA we go. Joel Embiid's return didn't go as planned, unfortunately, on Tuesday night. The Philadelphia 76ers star left early. He had to limp off the court after he sustained an awkward leg injury. Late in their 119-107 loss to the Warriors, Embiid had missed the 76ers' last two games with a knee injury, but made his return to the lineup on Tuesday in San Francisco. Embiid in jeopardy of being ineligible for all individual awards like MVP if he misses five more games. Players not a fan of this 65-game role. And Draymond Green is one of them. Well, I think it's actually quite bullshit uh, myself is. You get Joel, who comes out there tonight because what he's 
three games away uh, from not qualifying to win MVP, and he forces it. Freak play with him and uh, J.K. diving for the ball, but maybe it's not as bad if the knee isn't already banged up. And now we got one of our premier faces in this league, the MVP of our league, possibly hurt for an extended period of time because he's forcing it. Mm. All right. Perk, we talked about this yesterday with Stephen A. and Mad Dog, and I was saying I wish we had a player's perspective. Magic Johnson ended up weighing and tweeting, so I can't wait to hear from you on this. What do you make of Draymond's comments? Is it fair for players to complain about this rule? Hell no, it's not fair. And, and what they should be asking is, how did we get to this point? Why is Thank this you. rule in place? And not one time did I hear Draymond say anything towards Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs with low management because that was the starting point. So let me read this out to you. Barkley, an average of 72 games played in his career. Malone, averaged 81 games played through his career. Magic, an average of 76 games played through his career. Bird, an average of 77 games played through his career. Jordan, an average of 80 games played through his career. And Draymond Green, an average of 70 games played through his career. The problem that I have right now is that everyone – all the players are pointing the finger at the in the wrong direction. Joe Dumas was was put in this position to to correct the mess that this generation of players have messed up, right? And hold them accountable. You have to be available. You gotta want to play. I'm not asking you to go out there if you're you know what I'm saying. If you're injured, that's one thing. But again, you look. Here's the thing. And I said this time and time again on this show. It was torches that has been passed down, and guys have carried these torches for generations. When you look at Magic, when you look at Bird, and you look at how they held their end of the bargain of Isaiah Thomas, they passed the torch down to Jordan, Barkley, Carl Malone, who then passed the torch down to KG, Tim Duncan, uh, uh, Kobe Bryant. And then all of a sudden, they pass the torch to this generation. And look what direction it is going in, Molly, Stephen, and Wendy. It's going on a downward slope. And you got people on a night-to-night night basis that are paying their hard-earned money to come and watch these guys play the game of basketball. Regular working people who paying their hard-earned money to watch them play basketball for guys for, for them to show up to the arena to want to see their favorite star, and all of a sudden you see, oh, damn, he's out for the night, and he's not injured. It's crazy. Yeah, so Stephen A., you were very eloquent about this yesterday. Uh, Perk, I appreciate your passion there. Obviously, Draymond is not a fan of it. So let me ask this question, and it's a simple question I don't think everybody, including the players, understand. Where did the rule come from? The rule didn't come from Adam Silver or Joe Dumars. The rule was agreed to by the players. Players associated. The players agreed to this mm -hmm. as part of the CBA negotiation, which, by the way, the CBA that the players have just signed that is now in place, it potentially is going to be a disaster. And I don't think they fully understood what was happening when it was, when it was passed. And as the, the, the weeks and months went past and everybody kind of understood what was happening as they saw the offseason play out, the, the, the person who helped negotiate it, Tamika Tremoglio, 
resigned from her job less than two years into it, less than six months after she, you know, this signature thing that she did to negotiate this deal. This was put in place with the player's approval. They signed off on it. They voted for it and said, yes, we'll take it. And it's not about who can win MVP. That's what we're talking about today because unfortunately we're probably about to get another Joel injury update that's going to make it clear he's not going to win it again because he's going to be out at least five more games, however long. The reason it's put in there is to not just force the players to play, but to also target players to get the Supermax. This is why one of the most important people in all this is Tyrese Halliburton, which you talked about yesterday, Stephen A. Tyrese Halliburton has a terrible fall. That we're, we're, we're afraid he tore his hamstring off the bone. And he comes back and they say, oh, he's just week to week. Huge news for the Pacers. He comes back immediately is clear he's not ready to play and they have to put him on the bench again. And he's probably still not quite right because he's worried about getting that 65 game so he can get his extra $41 million. And basically here, the, the CBA, and I know that it's not as much fun to talk about the intricate rules of the CBA because it's, you know, it's more fun to talk about who's winning tonight, who's better against somebody else, who might win the MVP because of merits. But this is a huge thing in the NBA, and it is going to continue to be a thing. And the reason the players, the players have given up so much in the last few CBAs, and it's been covered, guys, because of the media rights deals have increased the salaries. Everybody's getting paid huge money. But they have lost a lot of benefits, and this is manifesting itself in this situation. Well, go ahead real quick before I go in. Go ahead. Oh, point. They, they had no choice but to agree to this CBA. All across the board. And, and Stephen A., you and I have talked about this plenty of times on First Take about when James Harden held out in Houston, when Ben Simmons held out in Philadelphia. We were saying, boy, the owners are waiting at the front door. They can't wait for the CBA. Right. It's going to be so many rules and stipulations that's going to go in the owners in the NBA favor. The players are not going to have any choice. Again, they had to agree to this. They had well, to. Well, let me say this, man. Listen. We all know, and I'm unapologetic about this, I got a lot of love for Draymond Green. Um, I, I think he's a good brother. He's had some issues, obviously, getting himself suspended and things of that nature. But I got a lot of love for him as a man, not just as a champion. Um, but this ain't his brightest day. This ain't his brightest moment. We're going to call out Draymond Green right here on national television. And if he wants me to, I'll come on this damn podcast and call him out in front of his own damn audience. This is not his brightest day. Because you see, when you talk about new media, the obligation is to tell the whole story. He didn't do that. He complained. But he didn't highlight, as you both articulated, the origin of all of this. We're not talking about injured players. We understand legitimately injured players are legitimately injured players. What brought all of this to about, you can take me off the screen individually. I want to look at Wendy and Perk when I'm saying this stuff. We're talking about individuals who took advantage of the privileges that were, that were given to them by people who came before them. Why do you think Magic Johnson tweeted yesterday immediately following our segment? Why you think that happened? Don't get you lucky that Jordan don't want to give quotes. You lucky that a whole bunch of players don't want to, a whole bunch of former Hall of Famers don't want to give quotes. Y'all talk to them. I talk to them. You know how they feel. And what is their number one complaint? 
We went through all of this. Yeah, we wanted our paper. We wanted our bag. But you know what? We also wanted them to flourish. Isaiah Thomas, when you talk about Steph Curry and, and, and UNESCO going up against one another in a three-point shooting contest, that's about Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas has been pulling for that all the time. Isaiah Thomas will be the first to tell anybody, yo, man, it's not just the players. It's the whole medical staff, too. The medical staff employed by these, by, by these teams, they're a bit sensitive. They're a bit cautious, too cautious. They're a bit guarded. And sometimes they force players to sit down. But when you are a superstar in this league, if you got the cachet to demand the money, if you got the cachet to force trades, if you got the cachet to change coaches, if you got the cachet to change personnel or even change executives, why the hell don't you have the cachet to be out on the court? You didn't want to. You didn't want to. And then not only that, what do you do? Not only do you not show up to the games, I'm sorry, not only do you not play in the games, but you'll show up to the game like a Ben Simmons looking like the modern-day Zoolander for crying out loud, okay? Sitting up there dressing your damn shades and your outfit, flossing, literally flossing before you play. With a smile on your face, not giving two cents about the fact that an audience in Philadelphia and ultimately in Brooklyn starving for you to play. If, if Ben Simmons is on the basketball court, and I'm not questioning his injury because I understand he had an injury as well. But if Ben Simmons don't have psychological issues and he's on the court in Philadelphia, what are their championship hopes? If Ben Simmons, is, is, his mind is right and he's on the court with KD and Kyrie and James Harden, what are their championships? Are they not still in Brooklyn? Are they not still in Brooklyn balling? potentially competing for a championship. That's just one example. I'm not talking about the Russell Westbrooks of the world who show up and show up with energy. I'm not talking about the LeBron James who's been in the league for 21 years and has earned his time off because obviously father time come knocking. I'm talking about a whole bunch of cats who didn't necessarily earn that but were unapologetic about taking time off. Let's take it a step further. It then stop with just them. You brought up Greg Popovich, KP. No doubt. How about, how about Steve Kerr last year when you benched four to five starters would unapologetically don't give a damn about the audience and just say yo we gonna we gonna bench clay steph dre and wiggins really really do you have any idea what kind of message that sends and this is the crime when those brothers were assistant coaches or when they were players or when they were GMs, it wasn't like that when you were trying to build the league, but you got paid. And when you got paid and the players got paid, all of a sudden it was a different animal. Again, we're not talking about legitimately Injured individuals, the Joel Embiid's, the Tyrese Halliburton's, even the Kawhi Leonard, who I will bring up. Even him I'm not talking about in most instances. It's a difference when you're injured. What about the dudes who were healthy but said, yo, I'm going to take the night off? What about Anthony Davis and LeBron James last year not playing in Brooklyn but played at the Garden the next day? You clearly could have played. You took the night off. The folks stroll up to the Barclays Center. They don't get to see you play. How about LeBron James taking off one day off and then Anthony Davis taking off another day? But you can play, okay? And I'm not throwing them under the bus because they don't do it often and I get it. I'm simply making it that point to illustrate the fact there's a difference between being injured or being somebody that says, well, I'm going to take the day off because I need the rest. And that way I can be better in the next game, even though you weren't injured. You've seen guys do this time and time and time again. No regard for the fans. And by the way, to throw shade on the league because you mad at a back-to-back -back that they scheduled for when, again, you collectively bargained for these things. All I'm saying to the Draymond Greens of the world is you might be right with what you're pointing out, but where you messed up 
in terms of new media in your failure to tell the whole story is that you didn't highlight what this generation of players did to bring it upon themselves. This is not the league. This is not the media. And the reason I went off yesterday, Wendy and Perk, was because People in the media, combined with Isaiah Thomas, who was once the president of the, of the Players Association, the Charlie Granthams of the world, who's the former executive director of the Players Association, the list goes on and on, the Billy Hunters later on, and others. You had a collection of folks in the media, in the Players Association, along with the public, that was fighting on behalf of these players to get what they richly deserved. They got it, and they said, bump y'all. We got ours. We're not pointing out that enough of them have done it to bring attention to it and sullied the league to a point where the league said, we got to do something about this because you so damn flagrant with it that the audience picked up on it and said, yo, we ain't having this. Y'all ain't doing this to us. If you're going to call yourself new media, you have an obligation to point out what role you played in terms of culpability to today's standards. And that's where Draymond Green slipped up. He didn't highlight what role, not him, not him, but what role his contemporaries played in throwing aside the pioneers in media and in the league who did everything they could to ensure that y'all would get the bag. You forgot about them, yep. and you brought this on yourself. And, and, and you know what's crazy? It's not just the players. This rule was set in place for the organizations. Because yes. you know what the medical staff would do before the season? They'll look at the schedule and strategically plan out for their superstar players, okay, on this week in February, you're going to sit out on this back-to-back. -back. Like, that's ridiculous to me. And look, like, I, let me tell you a story. See, a lot of people don't realize what broke up that marriage between uh, Kevin Garnett and the Minnesota Timberwolves and caused that tension that they had at one time between Kevin McHale and KG. It wasn't that KG was ready to come to Boston or ready to go to L.A. because they were, uh, Kobe and Paul obviously was recruiting him at the time, but it was because it's that season the Minnesota Timberwolves were tanking and Kevin Garnett was putting on his jersey getting ready to play because it meant so much to him to play games and somebody came in and told him from the from the uh from the medical staff you're not playing tonight and he went crazy that was the breaking point that's the type of mentality that right. you have to have but it's so disrespectful but if you ask any of the old school players if you if ask them to the side, they're going to say, these young guys is soft as hell. When I talk to assistant coaches that, are, that were current players, whether they oh. were superstars or whatever, and you ask them, they, man, Perk, these Perk. young guys, man, Perk. they different. Perk. They different. Perk, Wendy, I'm going to give you the last word. I'm going to challenge you on that. It's not necessarily that they say in soft. That's not the word they use. They say entitled. It's one will go a step further, selfish. You got yours, and you forgot who helped you get yours. I got news for the new school brothers out there. Do your homework. You have any idea the role that the media played, especially black media. 
I can give you the names. The Ralph Wileys, the Sam Lacey's, the Michael Wilbons, the David Aldridge's, the J.A. Adonde's, the, the William C. Rodents of the world. My man Curtis Bunn, who used to coach, who used to cover the New York Knicks in New York City. You understand? Cliff Brown, the list goes on. Kevin Blackstone, let's not forget about him. Me! Mike Bruton, the list goes on and on. Everywhere you look, there were people in the media, white and especially black, who were raising the red flag and fighting like hell to make these play, to get these players what they richly deserved. And along the way, you said, bump, y'all, we got ours. We got ours. And the NBA and the public said, oh, hell no. We ain't having that. We going to dial this back. And that is the bottom line. New media, you have an obligation to point that out. Tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you, God, if you really about being new media. And by the way, last point, I am here. Anybody that want a piece, come get it. I'll happily show up and speak on any damn podcast. I don't give a damn who it ain't nobody running. You know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. Last word, Wendy. Go ahead. I would just say that there's blame for a lot of people, a lot of parties here. Ten years ago, the night that Greg Popovich sent Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan, and T- Tony Parker home on a coach flight instead of playing right. him in Miami on for a TNT game, mm-hmm. he fined the Spurs organization $250,000 before the end of the first quarter, okay? Because he knew this was a problem in the moment. That was when 250 was a huge fine. The leadership that happened since then has allowed this to happen. Everybody has dealt, has contributed to this issue. Not saying that's not true. I know that's true. But the players are the ones calling themselves new media, led by Draymond Green. That ain't new media if you're only telling that side of the story. Tell it all, new media. Seem, seem like it's media.